Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Have you ever taken the time to read the entire terms of service that you agree to in order to download a piece of software? (laughs) In today's update, Pastor J.D. reminds you of the terms of service that you find in Scripture for those that choose to follow Christ. In the fine print of God's Word, you'll find the trials for believers are guaranteed. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 23rd, 2023. Today's update is not going to be for everybody. I'm off to a great start, aren't I? Wow. But by way of an introduction to today's update, I do want to say that it is my hope and my prayer that all of us, myself included by the way, will be encouraged by today's update and that which God has put on my heart to share. It seems that last week's update struck a chord of sorts, such that the ending along with the but God testimony, touched even more people than I had originally thought or believed that it would. And this was an update that was particularly lengthy, but there was a lot of very important prophetic information presented. There was a point in the update where I turned a corner and under the banner of that which I want to talk about today, which is this. You know, that's a lot of information, but for the person that's really hurting and struggling and going through a trial personally, that's all it is. It's just more Bible prophecy, more information. And so I spent quite a bit of time this last week, preparing, praying, seeking the Lord about today's update. And what I'm going to share with you today was birthed out of that time spent with the Lord. And the update is going to be for those who are experiencing horrendous trials right now. I think you would agree, I have to confess, that it's getting really bad, and in some ways we shouldn't be surprised, yet we are at how bad it's getting and how fast it's getting so bad. And it's for this reason that I would like to talk with you about how it is and why it is that the increasing trials in our lives as Christians is actually a prophetic indicator. 
if you prefer a sign of the times. In other words, the difficulty you're experiencing in your life, the trial that you're going through in your life is actually a prophetic indicator pointing you to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And by that I mean, the closer we're getting to the rapture of the church, the harder it's getting as God prepares us as His church. That's what I want to talk with you about today. If you'll allow me to, kindly, I'd like to share with you scriptures, just a sampling of scriptures. There are many. Actually, the Bible is replete with prophecy after prophecy about perilous times and intensifying personal afflictions and trials at the time of the end. They're going to increase in intensity and frequency and escalate the closer we get to the end. In other words, Bible prophecy about what the world will look like and be like at the time of the end includes, among other things, that trial that you're in difficulties and hardships for God's people. And I want to talk to you about why that is and how that is. There's a reason for it, and it's a good reason. So what follows is just again an aforementioned sampling of such prophetic passages in Scripture that speak to how it is that our trials serve as this indicator of just how close we are to the pre-tribulation rapture. Let's start with Acts 14. I want to draw your attention to two verses, 21 and 22. Let me just kind of give you a quick backstory. So, I mean, things are happening. <laughs> the church is going and growing and glowing and all the Owens. And you know what comes packaged with that, right? Well, it comes packaged with what we're told here, beginning in verse 21. They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Interesting. What did they say to them to encourage them? Here's what they said to them to encourage them. You ready for it? Wait for it. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Wait, what? That's supposed to encourage me? Where's the love? I'm not feeling the love here. You want to encourage me to remain true to the faith? Why don't you tell me something more like, hey, it's going to be okay? Because <laughs> that's not true. Hey, I want to encourage you. It's going to be okay. Actually, no, I want to encourage you to remain true to the faith, the inference being that you're going to be tested in your faith, the implication being that trials are going to come to test your faith. I want to encourage you to remain strong and remain true to your faith. Here's the fine print. Here's the terms of service. Don't skip through them. Come on. They're getting longer. Have you noticed? Terms of service, I agree. So you start scrolling down and then your finger gets sore after a while. 
Well, you're going to read the whole thing? Then, oh, now how kind of them to give you the option of printing out the terms of service. Yeah, like I want to spend the next week trying to read through this thing that I'm probably not going to understand anyway. And I want this app or whatever it is. So I'm just going to click. Do you know what you just clicked and agreed to? You should read it. Oh, now it's too late. Maybe you shouldn't read it. It's, you'd be surprised what's in there. Well, that's kind of what's happening here. This needs to be said, bear with me. I think pastors err greatly and are at great fault, and will give an account to God, myself included, when it comes to this. Because see, when we preach the gospel and invite people to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, are we misrepresenting what all that entails? what the agreement entails, what the terms are? Are we disclosing the fine print of, oh, you're going to have to pick up your cross, die to yourself if you want to be my disciple and follow me? Oh, was that in the terms of service? Yeah, it was right there on page 5,328. You want to be my disciple? You want to follow me? You have to lose your life in this world in order to save it. You need to count the cost. A builder doesn't start a building project without counting the cost. If he does, he's going to get halfway through the project and realize he's in over his head. If he'd have known this before he started this, he probably wouldn't have started this had he known this. I hope that made sense. So this is the cost. You're going to be tried in your faith. Remain true to your faith. You're going to be tested in your faith. Remain true to your faith. I want to encourage you to stand fast. Remain steadfast in your faith. Why? Because of the hardships that come packaged with your faith. You're going to follow Jesus. What comes packaged with following Jesus are many hardships. I wish maybe they wouldn't have used and been inspired to write the word many. I would have rather it said something like you might go through a few hardships. No, many. Look it up in the original. It means a lot of hardships. Now please don't think for a second that this means that in order to enter the kingdom of God, we have to prove ourselves through the many hardships. That's called works. That's not grace. We're saved by grace through faith. It is not of works. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. So it's not, you got to go through this to prove yourself worthy to enter the kingdom of God. No, it's, you're going to enter the kingdom of God. You're saved, but you need to know the fine print and count the cost and understand if you're to have any hope of remaining true to your faith, you got to understand that hardships are a coming. So you're not blindsided by them. 
Well, yeah, but the pastor told me that I give my life to Christ and it's going to be just mighty fine. Oh, happy day. It is a happy day. But you got to tell them the rest of the story. Your problems are not going away. As a matter of fact, you have just signed up for more problems and trials and difficulties and hardships and pain and suffering and loss of friends and family and everything else that you're going to lose. You better count that cost. You better figure that out before you agree. Because if you don't, and then you come to faith in Christ, and then here comes the hardship, and here comes the trial, you're like, hey, was this about to sign up for this? Oh, yes, you did. Well, I wasn't told that. That's on them. You mean following Christ means that I'm going to go through hardships and trials and difficulty and pain and suffering? That's not a very good selling point. We're not selling anything here. We're being truthful here. Full disclosure here. This is what it means to follow Christ. Many hardships. And notice the connection to our entrance into eternity. There's almost the unspoken message of the closer you get to that entrance to the kingdom of God, the more the many hardships will come that you'll have to go through. The closer you get, the harder it gets. Second Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5, these are all verses you guys know. I think about John. He starts off by saying, here's why I'm not writing you. Well, sometimes we need to know what this is not before we can know what this is. And such is the case here, I think, in this and the next passage we're going to read in 2 Timothy. But let's start with chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Let me preface it. You know, I think we, to our own peril, with passages like this, maybe it's because we're too familiar with them, we're dismissive of them. We disconnect ourselves from them. First of all, we know this prophecy about the last days and perilous times. And, but what we tend to disenfranchise ourselves from is that this was written to the church. Timothy was the pastor of the church, and Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is writing to this church akin to the seven letters that Jesus had the Apostle John write to the seven churches recorded in the book of Revelation. What's your point? Why are you yelling at us about this? <laughs> because this is not to the world. Where did we ever get to the place where we expected the world to behave as if they'd been regenerated by the Holy Spirit? They're not saved. Of course they're going to behave like that. But when it 
is about God's people, believers. Well, then this brings it to a whole new level. So as I read this and you follow along, will you please, I beseech you therefore, brethren, view this and hear this through the ears of this being written to Christians. And then we need to talk about it. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days, perilous times. Now, commencing in verse 2 on through verse 5, he's going to list 19 markers of said perilous times that will be characteristic of the last days in the church amongst Christians. In the church amongst Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ, people in the church, Christians, will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. That's breathtaking. 19 markers of perilous times in the last days that will mark that this is the last days and this is what it will be like, not in the world, the world's already been like that. This is what it's going to be like in the church. Think about that. Let that sink in. Is it no wonder that the church is in the condition that it's in today? Is it no wonder that one is hard pressed to find a church today where this does not mark that church in this day? I mean, I don't want to go through, we did this in our verse by verse study through Second Timothy. I won't put you through that again. By the way, you should have got a t-shirt that says, I survived Second Timothy's teaching from Pastor JD. But can I just mention one thing to sort of sum it up? All of these 19 markers and characteristics, they're words on the pages of our Bible, but do you know what that looks like in the life of a church or family, a church family? How about the family dynamics of children that are disobedient to their parents? The closer we get to the end, the more that's going to be happening in the Christian home. There's not going to be any attitude of gratitude. They're going to be ungrateful unholy, without love, natural affection, sorge in the Greek, unforgiving, that alone, stand alone, I could preach a whole sermon, I won't, I might, but not right now. Slanderous, how about that one? Just that alone, the slander of another, the assassinating of one's character within a brother in Christ, falsely accusing them and slandering them, gossiping about them. What kind of a dynamic does that create 
what kind of a trial does that create? How much pain does that create? Just that one. You go down that list, by the time you get down to that list, you're gasping for breath. And this is going to escalate and increase proportionate to our proximity to the end? Yeah. I think it's doing it now. And then some. I'm not mad. Second Timothy 4 verses 1 through 4. Again, we're familiar with this, but let's not disenfranchise ourselves. You know that saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Let's not let that happen, please. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing, that's the rapture, and His kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word. Be prepared, in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And here's why, verse 3, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. I would suggest to you that that time is now, because the end is now. So what's going to happen at the time of the end? Oh. I'm glad you asked, because people will not put up with sound doctrine, because they don't want to hear that. So they're going to find someone that's going to tell them what they want to hear, which is what Paul goes on to write to Timothy. So instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say, what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Is that happening? In Revelation chapter 3 verses 7 through 13, we have this letter that I just mentioned, one of seven, that Jesus had John write to the church of Philadelphia. And I want to draw your attention to a couple of things that Jesus has John write to this church, beginning in verse 8, where he commends them, saying, I know that you have little strength. This is not a rebuke. He's encouraging them. He's acknowledging, I know you're hanging on by a thread. Hang in there. Yet you have kept my word. The, again, implication is that at that time, there were those who were just denying the Word of God and denying the name of the Lord and cowering under the weight because they were weary. And this church is a very interesting church because it's the one letter written to this one church where Jesus connects the dots of what he's writing to them in their situation at that time to the rapture at the end of time. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org 
and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.